Sweat Equity Podcast and streaming show the number one comedy business podcast in the world. Pragmatic entrepreneurial advice with real raw dog talk. Hosted by me, Law Smith, and to my right, your left of the tube, Eric Redinger. Some people call me cool, Eric. You know it. 2020's best small, medium enterprise business advisory podcast in the United States. And for 2021's best podcast and streaming entertainment studio, Eastern United States Media Innovator Awards 2020, hosted by Corporate Vision Magazine. What? <laughs> uh, we have a guest on that's talking about the most accurate way to retain employees the most accurate test personality wise this was a good one this was usually we do dog shit this one really good yeah this is nerd boner extreme time if you want to help out the show listen on itunes apple podcast spotify subscribe rate review five star write a little comment write a sentence write a haiku that would be great we'll we'll read it on air this episode is sponsored by Grasshopper. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. Get to $75 off the entrepreneur's phone app. Have a second line. Don't have a Google voice number. Don't have your uh, business or brand phone number go to yourself and you go, what? who this? Yeah. What's this number? Don't do that. Have a separate phone. You can have a little app. You can make a vanity number. Like, right, all the good ones are taken, but you'll come up with a new number. Like one eight five five sixty nine four twenty. Boom. Sixty nine. No, four twenty six nine six nine. Yes. Yeah, for all of it. For swingers clubs that like to smoke. Yep. Trygrasshopper.com forward slash sweat, like Keith Sweat or Sweat Equity. Seventy five dollars off an annual plan. Let's get this party started with some psychops. Howdy toddy. What about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. We're really trying to have like comedy business podcast kind of genre. Uh, think of like, think more real talk than your LinkedIn newsfeed. <laughs> You know, not saccharine, sweet, pre kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, um, more world star <laughs> newsfeed. <laughs> that helps. Excellent. Well, yeah. So, I mean, as far as connecting, I can be connected with on LinkedIn. You know, uh, name's Chaz Mascarino, M O S C A R I N O. It's a good place to get me there. Or my email is uh, Chaz M at Mascarino.net. Oh, giving the email out to the folks. I love it. It's good. I don't know, brother. You said yeah, just wait do it. No, no, it's up Good. to you. No, I, I, I appreciate it. We give out our email too on the show. So uh, we're like, what, you know, worst case, you just don't read a bunch oh, of emails. Well, if you get to. some sort of weird bad email where they're coming at you, you come back with it. And we go, we talk about that on, on the show. Like we're going to go <laughs> yeah, through that. That's fodder. If you get some kind of, yeah. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, we'll so, talk about that. So about, I don't know, six months ago, Eric was preening about uh-huh. about the culture index and how great it was. Uh, we were working somewhere uh, where we had to take it, and I, I got fired before I really got my results, so Eric right. gave them to me later. Yeah. Well, Chaz <laughs> and I, uh, we went over them pretty, pretty thoroughly because uh, we, we had them. Did it say I'm Don Draper? 
Uh, no, interestingly, and, I, and Chaz, I'm sure, will correct me because he's got some kind of weird Rain Man memory for people's personality <laughs> profiles, but yours and I's was like a, a perfect mirror. <laughs> right. Like mine fell on the on one side of the red line, that, and it, it, it mirrored it if you flipped it was your side. Well, I'd say that's accurate. Weird. We've worked together for five, six years. Never, ha- We've never really had an argument no. of, any, of any sort. No. And uh, I think we are complementary in a lot of ways. That's why we can do this show really, you know, pretty fluidly. And when I had the agency uh, we were doing, you know, never really, we just got shit done and played our strengths. So I would say from that standpoint, if that's how it showed on the results, I'd say this, this is pretty accurate. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't looked at yours in a long time. I know Eric just because I, I spent time with him. So, you know, he... Uh, yeah, so yeah. just to... Cl- so I hit Chaz up recently after talking about the Culture Index on the podcast. And I was like, you know, let's see what's up with that. Like, I still think about it, you know, like I'll it'll like register with me, just certain things about certain people. And uh, I hit up Chaz, you know, seeing like how he got into it and, and what kind of how does that work, you know, to get in with that company and how, and what it's like. And Chaz was like, well, I know your profile and they ain't going <laughs> to hire you. And I was like, well, what, yeah, but what, Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the end of that. <laughs> it was like very cut and dry. Like, well, your profile does not fit the type of person we want to hire for that position. And if we went and hired you it would kind of <laughs> negate everything. we Oh, do. Oh, to work for his brain. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's funny. It was just like the most straight. I was like, why don't um, you come on the podcast? <laughs> I basically know everything about you. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I know how you're hardwired and you're not exactly. going to enjoy it anyway. So, right. Yes. So, like, well, thanks, keep, man. keep your day job. So, we, we talk about a lot of these, these uh, I guess you call them uh, professional psych tests of sorts. I don't know what the genre is officially called, but yeah. Like Myers Briggs is kind of, we, we, we now know it's not very accurate. Um, it doesn't really tell you a lot. It's fun. It it's, I like 16 personalities.com, like a, a Cosmo teen quiz, but, um, it doesn't really do much other than make you feel better about yourself a little bit. That is me. Uh, yeah, I am the visionary, you know, um, but yours, yours in the Asher strategies, I would say are the only two that I would trust. Um, how did you arrive at doing this? Yeah. So the, the quick story is, you know, I'm in a CEO group and I'm part of an entrepreneur organization. And so I had to make a critical move in the business about five, six years ago. And I leaned into my forum and I'm like, hey, guys, what do you think I should do? Because if I mess this move up for my business, it's going to cost us millions. And so like they're like, hey, we've been telling you about this program. Why don't you pick up the phone and have a conversation? So I'm a pretty skeptical guy. So like, what is this silly seven, 10 minute survey going to tell me? And I jumped on the phone, had a conversation, and I was pretty blown away by the math and the statistics. And I made a move based off that I never would have made for that position, became a client, and I never really looked back. You know, So I, I started helping a lot of my CEO friends out there were just buddies because I was getting the hang of it and I was really starting to understand it. And I'm like, you know, I really enjoy this. So it wasn't really about the money for me. It was really about just helping and it was more of a passion. So I got the business set up where it really didn't need me on the day-to-day. And then I st- I've been spending probably about, 60, 70% of my time, you know, traveling around the country, teaching this language to other CEOs and business owners and leadership teams. Interesting. Um, and how, how is it received when, 
you're you're giving, I guess, given <clears throat> the results or give because people, you know, I, I'm I'm constantly I, I've been obsessed lately about what we think things are and then what they actually are when you when you get the numbers or you get the data or whatever it is. Uh, I'm in you know the marketing world a lot, so I just kind of think in that mode a lot. This kind of is to me that it, maybe I'm missing the mark, but that this is kind of that kind of who you think you are, who you think you should be maybe, or my, my little. Yeah. I mean, so we're measuring a couple of things, you know, we're measuring one, who are you pretty much, who are you, who do you wake up to be every day? So by the age of 11 or 12 years old, we're pretty much hardwired by that. Age. So psychologists will say, you know, DNA, mommy, daddy, nature versus nurture, but it is what it is. And that's, that's one thing that we're measuring. And then the second thing is who do you perceive you need to be at work every day when you show up? And so when we're looking at that, you know, Gallup does this poll every year about employee engagement. Well, we're looking at employee engagement on, on one of our graphs. And so 70% of those are usually out of whack. And, you know, so why the disparity is usually we're taking people asking them to modify to be someone they're not, or we don't have the right people leading or managing that. And so like, we can see all of that in the data and the human analytics. And so, you know, most importantly, people come to us thinking it's a hiring tool. And I'm like, listen, that's, you want a hiring tool, there's a hundred of those out there. You know, this is a human capital strategy of where you're taking the business. So it's much more than hiring. It's like 90% is management and strategy. These are the humans I have. Where am I going inside the business? And how do I use these people to get me where I'm going? And oh, by the way, where are my holes going to be as I continue to scale and grow this thing? Or is it a lifestyle business, right? Like, so like, those are all the questions we're asking. And, you know, you asked the question about, you know, how do people take the information? You know, I don't want to misquote you here, but something along those lines. And so like, when I go through this, I know who my buying patterns are. You know, we have like three to four buying patterns that I'm really going after that are going to really do well with the program. And so when I do this in front of a leadership team, I'll ask them straight up, like, guys, do you want the PG-13 version of this? Or do you want me to take the glove off? You know, and they're usually like take the gloves off and sometimes they don't like what they hear. But, you know, that's part of what I do. So I'm a pretty direct, blunt individual and I just call it how it is. There's a war on talent and I just, I don't pitter patter around it. So for me, it's all about bigger, better, faster, stronger. How do we take this and mobilize it into businesses to create a competitive advantage? That's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I've been talking about this a lot lately too. The war on, uh, on the war on finding talent. I forget, I forget how you phrase that. Uh, but I don't think we're that good at hiring just in general. Uh, I don't think oh, no. we look into uh, even the basic psychology of a person really that well. I think um, you, and that's how you end up with an office full of people that you don't like working around. I think right. sometimes. No, well, you've got the person doing the hiring on a whim. I have a feeling about this person and that's just, how yeah. and then they have a bunch of people that they had a feeling about and ain't none of those people like each other and it sucks. And then it's like this, this, is able to like address well this person will will work with well with this person like it's not Kim, like Kim and I yeah yeah Kim Lackey has been on the podcast and uh, she and I have personality profiles where you know, and we did work well together where <laughs> you know I was more detail oriented and she was more big picture thinking all that sort of stuff and it helps solve a lot of problems ahead of time. Oh, she's a hundred percent offense. I mean, I remember her profile. Right. Yeah. Her offense, <laughs> her proactive traits, you know, she's a go-getter, go out there let it rain and, you know, don't sweat the details, right? She needs someone to clean up her mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Verbally, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She does a California stop uh, where everybody. I probably shouldn't say this, um, but um, I'm going to say yeah. it. And, and I just keep saying it. And then I say the thing I shouldn't say. And then it's what happens next. And then she, she does, never hit the brakes. And then she does the cop out of, I'm Cuban. That's what we do. Right. It's like a New Yorker. Like, yeah. I'm a New Yorker. I tell I am like who it I am. Is. And yeah. that's how it is. Sorry, we cut you off. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, and you would say, like, we, we tend to hire people that we like or that can show well in the interviews. And so what I always say is, you know, I call this a cheat sheet to humans, like yeah. people that are more social and charismatic and that have, you know, more charisma and more outgoing. They feel like they can read people. And truly, they are better at that than more of us introverts. Right. So they can get better gut instincts. And so the program really is designed for us more introspective humans, because this gives us a layer of data on the front end yes. before we're sitting across from them at the table. And so what I always like to tell my clients is like, listen, take your introvert, take your extrovert, throw them in that interview when you're going in there, but have CI on the front end. And what we do in our company is, you know, we have the, you know, we have the data before we're even communicating with anybody. So we're not even talking to anybody unless we have the human analytics on the first part. And then we'll make a decision if we want to have a conversation. And, and the other thing I say is, like, listen, we can't see batshit crazy. Like, you know, if they have a drug problem, they have an alcohol problem, I can't see that in the math. So you still have to vet them through your process. But just again, as a reminder, that's 10% of what we're doing here is that hiring piece. Most of this thing is really designed to teach us how to retain that talent that we have. The hard part isn't usually finding it. It's keeping it for sustainable periods. Yeah, uh, um, you're, we're in a we're in an era where a lot of people are getting back to work, and unemployment is starting to get low again, and people are jumping around because there's it's a good time to kind of look elsewhere. And I feel like uh, that emphasis on re- retaining it's not really well thought out a lot of places. Uh, just broad strokes, obviously. I mean, uh, but I, even like the the idea of not retaining them should I retain, like, maybe they should go sort of thing. Like, they're both sides, you know, can be helped with this. Well, I mean, guys, I can tell you stories and stories. Like, I had a call today with the CEO and, you know, his director of ops, we were looking at his profile. I go, how would you rate him on a scale of one to 10? You can't give me a seven. Um, He's like, "Uh, an eight. I go, I'd rate him a four. And I go, one, he's disengaged and you're looking for X, Y, and Z. You just told me he's literally the polar opposite. So here's what's going to happen. And I walk them through it. And so like, those are some hard decisions, right? Um, the other thing, it's like, you know, you know, we have visionary and integrator. We have those conversations all the time. And sometimes I have, you know, second generation, you know, you know, mom or mom and dad started the business and we're giving it to the kids. And a lot of those are difficult conversations because the kids aren't visionary like the parent or the mom or dad, you know, and like, how are we going to put those people inside that organization and continue to drive growth? Or maybe it's a lifestyle business, but those are the conversations we're having all the time. And we can get that data in, you know, less than 10 minutes. And that, that, that's, what's really fascinating to me. No, that, that what it's, it's interesting to have this thing, this, this, uh, this test that has a high confidence rate. And it, like you said, it's not the absolute, right? It can't tell you everything, but it's going to, it's going to give you pretty much that nautical beacon when you're driving your bro- your boat to kind of go, okay, this person's in, this person's out of the wake, uh, to kind of guide you into that person. Yeah. From what I've seen, it's the best start you can get, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not a silver bullet, you know? Right. I mean, you made plenty of mistakes using this. 
Um, but it, it just adds a layer of data. And for me, I think just as a user, it's, it's more or less, okay, what is my liver willing to tolerate to bring X, Y, Z into the business? Like we're having the blue collar, you know, like we have a lot of 15 to $25 an hour employees with us. And we know basically we're looking for maybe five or six different profiles to bring into that department. Well, the labor market's tight right now. We can't always find that. So, you know, are we okay with bringing this in? Well, if we are, at least we know how to manage them and not to expect them to be someone else. That's really important. And I have manufacturing companies, the same conversation. Labor's tight right now. I just had a call with one of my manufacturers today. They can't get bodies, right? They're looking for these specific profiles. Well, this is what's walking in the door right now. They have a decision to make, but at least they know how to manage them and their managers have been trained on how to mobilize this and teach these and, and train these people. <clears throat> That's interesting. I was thinking about this more in a white collar kind of scenario, but the trades kind of area, the blue collar workers, uh, I, I, I didn't even put it in that context for some reason. Uh, do you find that people who work with this program, this, this index in the blue collar or the trades kind of area uh, really excel with this a lot better? Cause you know, they might get a lot of uh, younger people or, you know, uh, people that like a plumber right now is very, uh, very coveted, a good one, right? Uh, they can make a lot of money. Uh, people, a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, I like to point to an underwater TIG welder can make 130 an hour. But um, do you find it's better in blue collar scenario or white collar or does it matter? Or I is mean, it more we, about the management as a whole? I mean, here's how I would answer that. You know, at what point in time would you not want to have this data for any of the above? Right. So I have this on my attorneys. I have this on the cleaner of my house. I have this on the labor and the subcontractors in our business. Like we used yeah. to hire cleaning companies. Now I know exactly what I'm looking for. I just put ads up and I try to hire my own, you know, because I know I need a high conformist. I want someone that can do repetitive, you know, so like I know exactly what I'm looking for. So and think of it with attorneys. There's contract law and then there's the litigator, right? Like my litigator and my contract attorney in my world are two different things. You know, maybe they're the same in yours, but for our company, we have two different attorneys. I don't want my contract attorney trying to go battle no. and do negation. And they're two different profiles. They're right? finder minder grinder yeah. attorneys, right? It's one goes out and gets the business a lot of the time. The other's in the office doing the paperwork, and the other's uh, grinding it out in the courtroom. Yeah, you're. Yeah, that's a good example. And I have, and I have, a, I have, I have clients that are attorneys. You know, they're law firms. You know, so like they utilize it for the same thing. Yeah, <clears throat> not limited to business. No, but to answer your question with blue collar, yeah, I think it's really important, right? So we can we can measure, you know, how people take in new information, you know, in, in one of our trades. And so, you know, I personally think that's one of the most fascinating things that we measure um, is how logical pe people are, right? So like we can see if someone's going to have a temper, if they're emotionally unstable, if they're going to be drama in the workplace. I mean, that alone for us was worth every dollar we were paying yes. for that, just from that alone. I can attest to that one being so fucking accurate <laughs> to the like point of creepiness where i was like oh shit what do you mean just, well I, without getting into too much detail i just i had access to everybody <laughs> everybody's profiles too and i could look at it and um yeah it, that part of it was totally dead on it was kind of creepy just the certain people in the office cause more drama than others and it shows on the culture index really profile oh yeah 
So if you give it to a bunch of uh, hairstylists, yes. it'd be off the charts. I mean, jazz, well, that's, you know. But. Well, look, I, I worked for a salon suite franchise. The number one reason I thought it was to make more money, they would come into these salon suites and have their own business. The number one reason, by far, 95%, the reason, number one, was salon drama. And so it's like, oh, man. And they don't know they create it sometimes, too. Yeah. So it's like, it's interesting that, you know, you can kind of go, okay, well, these personalities are going to conflict and we're only going to have, if they're not commission-based, we're going to, it's going to be a lot of stress. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it'd be good, Chaz, if you could kind of explain without getting too deep, you know, just why CI is, you know, a step above, just given the, um, I guess you call it open-ended way that the, the, the survey is presented. I mean, I remember you giving that sort of, you know, yeah. introductory. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, listen, we used to use a, di- a bunch of different assessment tools back in the day, you know, DISC, Myers Briggs. There's a bunch of different things. But um, for me, it never really changed the way that I thought as a leader. And so what was different for me here was that, you know, I'm trained how to read this. And my team was trained how to, le- to read this and, and mobilize it. And it really became a language inside the business. And so when people say, oh, I've taken behavioral assessments before, you know, it was kind of accurate. Um, Well, the reason they say that is because it's kind of accurate, right? I mean, like the validity for a lot of these surveys or these assessments are between like 0.55 or 0.7 in validity. And so if I say I'm a sharpshooter and I'm hitting the target, you know, 60 or 70% of the time, you know, am I really a sharpshooter? You know, and the answer to that is no. And so, you know, we were able to get validity to point nine. And so when we say we're using very sharp math, we're using extremely sharp math. Um, and one of the reasons we, we were able to get there is because it's not a forced choice assessment, right? So if you've taken DISC or Myers-Briggs, it's like, well, that's not me. I, I don't know. That's not really me. I guess I'm going to pick that. And you're forced into picking something. Mm-hmm. So with you know, th- this type of assessment, it's free choice where it's like, it's either you or it's not. You either pick it or you don't. Um, and that's how, again, we, you know, we got to some of the validity that we, we, we were able to get to. Yeah. It's funny. I remember when you were still there, I, we, I had already taken the survey <laughs> and then I was, we were at, I think we had like a company meeting, something going on where you, you were like, I was like, did you take the survey? And you're like, no, I didn't do it yet. I was like, well, take the survey and do this. Shit I right did now. it, but I lied on it. <laughs> right. But you, I sat there and I watched you do it and I, I because I had just taken it and, and. Basically, you're choosing adjectives, and I had just done it my way, and then I sat there and watched Law do it, where he was like, we've got to pick all the ones, and he went through, and he, he picked the ones that he thought, and I was like, I don't know, does that matter? Like, and then we had a discussion, how does this work? Like, what the hell? And it's like, all of that matters, yes, all that shit matters, that you're I the type of person up. who will go through and choose all of the synonyms for what you want I to I had to look up a lot of the words. Right, he's looking more, I'm like, I don't think that's how it's supposed to go, whatever. I'm like a lazy perfectionist. Uh, yeah. Like I, you were cramming. No, no, no. I no. I knew I was getting fired, or I, I knew it was. I felt it coming. So it was one of those things. And look, uh, when I came in there, I was told there's a dark cloud over the marketing area. I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. So it's not like it wasn't like a shock or anything, but it was one of those things where it was like, okay. Uh, I think you told me the 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 CEO at the time is he's really big about this. Okay, great. Um, I'm going to try to figure out how to game this yeah. <laughs> because I'm going to, which they have measures against. I, I didn't know that. I just was yeah. like, well, you didn't game it. I mean, I, you had a valid result. 
I, I probably, I probably was closer to the truth than anything because I know I did it really quickly in front of you. And I was like, Eric, what's this word yeah. mean? I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Uh, but I was just like, what would the model employee look like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, so I, I was going to confess this at the end of the episode, oh, okay. but, uh, but it doesn't matter anyway. Um, but it's one of those things where, I, so you're saying the confidence rate of this, we can get in some regression charts, some adjusted R squared, let's do it. Uh, but you're, you're saying the confidence rate of this is at 90%. Is that what you said? Or part, yeah, I, it's 0.9 validity is where, where the retest test came in the reliability. That's amazing. So, yeah, they, they, you know, it's a long story, but in 2004 is when they, you know, they, they completed the assessment and then it was ready to go to market was, it was back in 2004. Yeah, no, I'm feeling it. I mean, let me, let me, uh, so I like talking about Enneagram just for funsies. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I don't know much about it, so I might not have a lot to give you about it. I know, right, Chaz? The, I was like, fuck that. <laughs> See, I'm a fucking fanboy. <laughs> yeah, fuck that test, bro. I don't need that. You're not cool like me and Chaz. <laughs> Look, I can like both things. I'm bi. I, I'm I know, bi but, for all these tests. Yeah, but I don't get it. The Enneagram. It it's, seems- it's not great. It is okay. It's okay, right? Like, again, culture index, Asher strategies to me, these are the only ones that are, uh, to me are something I could really hang my hat on. Uh, Enneagram is more closer to like Myers-Briggs a bit. What, I, what I've heard from Enneagram, uh, there's nine personalities and they all have like their own offshoot of that, like subsets of that. Um, what's, what was interesting about that one, it'll help you write a script if you ever need that. So like you give you kind of uh, stereotypical personality traits. Uh, that's why we did it with like Marvel characters because it's like, these are how these characters can interact and you can figure out which one's which Enneagram number. What was interesting was that you can change. Uh, You can be a, I'm a seven with a six wing or something, the enthusiast or something like that. But over time you're, you can change your score. Is that true? And with the culture index, if I take it 10 years from now, will it be a lot different or could it be different? I should say. You know, the answer to that is no. You know, so, yeah, I mean, the, you, who you are and who, you've, who you're naturally hardwired at the age of 11 or 12 years old, you know, in our world, psychologists will say that's not going to change. Now, our life experiences change, right? Um, you know, for instance, too, like, you know, my conformity trait is very low. And so, like, that is something that I'm consciously aware of. And I try to mitigate systems inside my business uh, to accommodate for that. But does that change the fact that I still have low conformity? No, but I have systems and processes built up to try to mitigate those things. So it's really being more aware. But again, yeah, that that is not going to change. And I have people that argue and debate that, and that's fine. Have, they, have you had a bunch of people try to take it, you know, years apart and just to see? Or well, we they, they did do retest test reliability, and so again. The, the standard unit of deviations of that moving is extremely small, right? So it's like 0. 0.5, 0. 0.25, where that those right. centiles may move on that bell curve, um, but it's it's very very small. Interesting. Yeah, you look like you had something. No, no, I was trying to remember what uh, pattern personality pattern Chaz was looking at it because he said his conformity is very low. I'm a, a, I'm a philosopher a, or an enterpriser. No, I'm an enterpriser. Oh yeah. Hey, that's pretty yeah. 
Out of 19, <laughs> I guess the uh, second try, that's pretty good. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Thanks, Chad. Yeah, I had my name. I had my name badge out when I was teaching you guys. This is the most you fanboyed out on a guest. Yeah, kind of. For sure. Kind of. This is like if we had Bo Jackson on, I'd be like, "Hello, sir." Yeah. Um. So, so we're. Uh, what do you find? Um. I was gonna say, what do you find when people aren't accepting of this? Uh. But it sounds like your target audience, when you're talking to anybody, you already got that info. Like. The way it sounded uh, like 10 minutes ago, you're talking about like, I give it to my attorney. I give it to this person. I give it to all the people I hire. I feel like you go to a party and you're like, hey, uh, I got <laughs> yeah. this test. Why don't you uh, take about 10 minutes uh, over there? I'll find you. I'll find your uh, cocktail. Depending. Yeah. yeah. My, my wife's much better at that than I am. Really? Um, yeah. Well, she's more social than I am. She's more charismatic. So I, she, she, she's better at getting the, the surveys. She, she says the dots don't lie. Um, I like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm always, am I always trying to analyze people? Of course I am, you know, I mean, that's part of what I do now. So I'm always trying to analyze them. But the thing is, is I don't always get it right because I don't understand the why behind why someone's doing something. You know, like we're all modifying throughout the course of the day. And so I don't know what's showing up. I don't know who the real person is I'm really communicating with or if they're modifying. Like think of someone in an interview, you know, they're modifying. So, you know, when I have a cheat sheet in front of me, I can call that bluff or I can see if they're being very ethical about the things I'm asking them. I can also see if they're engaged where they're currently working or if they're disengaged. You know, I can see all that based on the data. So it kind of gives me a leg up in that conversation when we're having those, uh, when we're having interviews. Do you find it uh, with relationships? um, Do you find that it can help? Is this more in the professional world or occupational world? Or do you find you can kind of see what works? Because he definitely gave his wife the test. I know. That's, I'm saying, that's oh, why I'm yeah. asking. Because Eric and I would say, if we were gay, we'd be a great gay couple, like oh, amazing. Right. <laughs> we're we're heterosexual life yeah. mates, but I mean, like, we we'd be awesome. Play Sega, go make yeah. out, all that stuff. So great. Um, yeah, uh, I got the leg power, so it'd be a power bottom. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, I think it could be used. <laughs> we'll cut that out. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean. It, you know, it, we all talk about top line and bottom line in business, but I think the biggest impact that's really had on me was really in my personal life and in my family, you know, understanding how, you know, my family's hardwired, right? Like I've known them my entire life, but this just helps connect the dots for me. And then also the kids in, in, in the family, you know, you know, I asked, you know, I, I asked one of my mentors, you know, like I just had my first baby, she's 20 months years old. And before I had her, I'm like, hey, I kind of want to raise a highly autonomous uh, female. <laughs> and uh, he was like, well, what's your what's your wife's profile? And uh, I told him. And he's like, well, let her raise the baby. <laughs> so like, Don't touch the baby. No. Well, because so like highly autonomous people, they're the best problem solvers on the face of the planet. Right. So what usually happens is, you know, we knock the autonomy out of them. You know, we're solving their problems for them. And so it really it hit home for me. And it just, I'm always consciously aware of the actions I'm even having at home with my kid. You know, so I just think that's really important. Sure. But that, I mean, and that's not what we do, right? Like that's not what I'm teaching. But for me, it's just something I'm always consciously aware of. It's like of. a residual benefit of this, this whole index. Um, sure. sure. And, I, I do. and like, I have a five-year-old boy, three-year-old girl. And, you know, you grow like in my twenties, I'm like, it's a lot of nurture and then I, I watch my kids and I'm like, man, they had these personalities, like even as soon as they could make any kind of gestures, right? As soon as they could do anything, you're like, my, my son's very sensitive and sweet, but he's very enthusiastic about everything. 
and he I think a lot of that's from me, the sensitive parts his mom. Uh and then like it's my you. my daughter I'm Cincy. Um well look, I'll cry at Big Fish and I'll cry at the end of Interstellar. I can't help it. Yeah. Um but uh and my daughter's is like an alpha alpha woman already. We call her boss baby and she's a lot like a lot of the women in my family that that a lot of people around this town are are scared to talk to. <laughs> I'm not, we'll cut that too. No, no, Fucking keep it nuts. in. Look, I'll tell the story. My my grandma Adele used to go to my dad's football games at Robinson High, where Terry Bolay, Hulk Hogan went, uh, and she would drive in a huge <laughs> Cadillac, uh, old school Cadillac, uh, get there right before kickoff, and then pretend to be blind and walk up to get the seat she wanted, and no one would talk shit to her because everybody's scared of her. That's that is the the gene that's going down a little bit of that alpha woman thing. Or maybe they were all just really nice to the blind lady. No, no, they why all knew. Why would they be scared they of all the knew. blind lady? No, they all knew. Then why did she need to pretend to be blind? I don't know. Knew? We're fucking nuts on one right. side there's of the family. There's, some, there's a piece of this story that's not. You know, oh, this doesn't up. add into my personality at all. No, I'm, just I'm a saying little wild. Is she badass or is she blind? Is what I'm saying. No, she's badass. She's cool. Uh, but I'm saying, uh, well, you were talking about. Uh, observing human behavior. I, I love doing stand-up because there's always an endless trough of that, right? Like uh, just watching people interact, uh, just a, a lot of it, I get, fr- I, a, a lot of my jokes come out of frustration of seeing people do shit. That's like, why are you doing this? Like, especially in traffic. Like if I see another person that's on their phone, you can see you're right in front of them and you can see them on their phone. They're not paying attention. You honk. And then they're like, what? But you can see their head pop up. They definitely weren't paying attention. I'm like, what was this a thing? I, I know cell phones made it happen, but like, were people this checked out? And oh, we're at the all time worst for traffic shit until all cars drive themselves, and we have like we're fucked for a few years. Yeah, but it'll it'll be over soon. Yeah. So I think. So I think like observing human behavior of like, well, that if you ask that person, they probably tell you they're a good driver, right? Uh, and nobody says I'm a bad driver. Uh, I've had, I've had some people say that. Yeah. I'd like to hear that. Um, my ex-wife said, um, but the thing of like what they think they are versus what they actually are. Do you find that's the, the disparity of the test? Cause for anybody who doesn't know you, you fill it out. I know, I know you said at the top of the show, but you fill out, uh, your personality and then what, and it's a bunch of adjectives, I believe. Like what a yes. hundred and you go through it and check it off. And then as many as you want or as few as you want. And then this, the second page is who you need to be at the workplace, right? Yeah. But, who you feel you should be at the workplace. And Chaz, you can definitely explain it better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's, who are you hardware to be, or who, who are you, who do you wake up to be every day? And then who's showing up at work basically. And so, you know, I think, you know, I had, I had another, I had a call today with somebody and I had to tell him, that he's not visionary, you know. It's him and his. It's his partner and himself. Probably didn't see it coming, right? Partner. What's that? He probably didn't see it coming. Ooh, no, he, you know, he didn't see it coming. Podcast now on that. That's funny. And he's Chaz like, "No, I'm visionary." He's like, "I have five year goals." I'm like, "What? Well, I didn't say you can't set goals. I said you're still micro, small picture, and you can still have plans and goals, but you're not visionary. So you're intrinsically motivated from the past and being accurate, not by moving forward. That's different." You know, like a visionary, someone that's 
you know, pure offense or that is an analytical, you know, in our world, gifted visionary, their, their brains literally live in the future. You know, when they're driving to work every day, they're two, three, four, five years out. And that's where their brains live, you know? And so he just wasn't that person. And I said, your partner is, you guys are a great team, um, but he's visionary. You could be integrator, right? So like, those are, those are conversations that I'm having all the time. And sometimes that doesn't go over well. And sometimes that takes time for that to sink in and for them to digest. What, um, now, do you find that um, when we've taken a couple of these, uh, I'm going to relate it to the Astro strategies because that's the only one I know that's, you know, as accurate or closest to uh, as accurate as uh, the culture index. You know, it, it gives it gives you scores on uh, kind of uh, departments you'd be in in a job. And so, like my admin clerical project management all score low, but it told me my proclivity for those things. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't do it, right? But it just means you don't get up every day to do it. Is that is that kind of a little bit of what y'all have in this culture index? And I'm asking dumb guy math. I'm, I'm working off six months ago when we talked about this a lot. Um, and then small conversation since. So I'm, I'm doing the dumb guy kind of questions. So I, I'm looking at you. I'm like, I hope this doesn't offend him. <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't prep. Um, but do you feel like uh, it, your pro, is this your proclivities just naturally how you're hardwired or, but it doesn't mean you can't do it or is that not a real thought? Well, I mean, we can all modify and do things that we're not naturally hardware to do. It doesn't mean we can do it well. It doesn't yeah. mean we're going to enjoy doing it. Right. So, you know, the, the whole pur- purpose of this is to understand and put people in the right seats where they're going to succeed. You know, that's, that's what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. There is a portion of it um, that kind of accounts for that, that modification. And, you know, like I scored low and I was like, what really? And I thought, and of course, the more I thought about it, like, that's kind of right. Like it was because we're sitting in, you know, a meeting of all the leadership and Chaz is looking at everybody's profile (laughs) And he's like, all right, let's look at Eric. Yeah, see, Eric's probably miserable at work. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? Don't say that. Bro, don't call me out. What's the difference in it? And then the EU's low and all this. I was like, man, what the hell? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't really – well, looking back, maybe I was. What And could it – what what if you were kind of emotionally bummed out? Is that affecting any of that? Like I – There's the divorce points. Yeah, I went through a brutal divorce. And if I took it then, I don't know how – I really lost my sense of self, right? Uh, really got in that dark hole, depressed, and kind of got out of it as soon as we, you know, eventually got out. I got out of that kind of hole. Um, does it, is it going to reflect that if I take it? No, I mean, it's a great question. And, and that's why we have the question so simple. It's really just two simple questions. Describe yourself and describe who you need to be at work. That's it. Describe yourself, describe who you need to be at work. And so, you know, based off that data, you know, that's how we're coming up with this math and statistics. And like, there is ways that we can see if it's an inaccurate survey or someone tried to game it, you know, we have trick mechanisms in there to see if someone's trying to mess with it or game it. Um, And, you know, that's our job is to make sure that we're getting accurate data to give back to these leadership teams so they can make critical decisions. So when I thought I was being uh, clever, (laughs) trying to game it, you already had your 3D chess, I'm playing checkers on this thing. Yeah, I mean, you weren't flagged. You, you're you're all right. I don't remember. I don't personally. Did, I don't, did it tell you I, you had I, herpes? I, 
because yeah, that pops, it, that pops flared, up for it flares sure. up every now and again. It's a whole other dot. Well, we yeah. we always uh, we want to keep the we want to be respectful for your time. I'm a, look, I'm a believer in this. Uh, after talking to you, uh, Eric's been talking to me about it since you know since we took it. Mm-hmm. Um, we always ask our guests the first time they come on the show, uh, what advice would you give your 13 year old self? Get a mentor. Get a mentor. Yep. Did you find? Did you? Did you grow up wanting that, or do you now realize you probably needed that? I mean, I just made so many mistakes growing up. You know, I didn't have, you know, my family was great. I mean, I'm really close with my family. I just didn't have the leadership around me um, to drive growth or to innovate. And so I didn't have that. And so I had to figure things out a lot by myself. Or the other thing I guess I would say, you know, when I say find a mentor is find your group, you know, you know, you're not going to do that at 13 years old, but as I got into my twenties, you know, there's, there's CEO organizations, there's Vistas, there's YPO, there's EO, you know, like some of those organizations have just been transformational because I'm in one of them. And I have a lot of friends that are in those organizations. And, um, you know, I think being part of a group like that or a peer group an industry related peer group is, um, something that it can be transformational. Again, that's not going to be at 13 years old, but that's going to be later, you know, in your twenties or thirties. That's a, that is, we've had a, over a hundred guests on the show. That is definitely uh, a unique answer. Uh, to might, but might've been the fastest response. <laughs> yeah. Boom. It's Get like a mentor. It's like you listen to the show yeah. beforehand. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. I, I just go through it. I, I think about that all the time. Oh, right? really? Like, oh, that's what, awesome. What, what, what could have changed anything? And it would have been something like that. It's having that guidance even more when I was younger. Do you think about and getting into those CEO groups when I was even younger? Cause I was very hard headed and thick headed and I still am, but, I thought I knew it all, but people have done it before. People are, are way more successful than I am. And so if I would have had that growing up, even in my twenties or um, who knows, you know, who knows how that would have helped me. Well, that's kind of what the, and uh, I'm guessing you think a little bit more about it now because you have a kid and yep. you know, you, you want to try to do what you can to make sure that exists for your kid, right? Everybody's trying to, a good parents are always trying to fix what they think, you know, they were, they had a deficit in right um but you know this is this is great having you on uh appreciate it yeah man eric's gonna go uh go squeal after we get off eric (laughs) so fun thanks guys it was a pleasure thanks thanks